Hello and welcome to Don't Talk About It. I'm your host, Dean D. And 2020 is over. We woke up this morning. It's January 1st, 2021. However, all the problems from 2020 didn't just go away because the year changed. This one for me is called the silver lining. So 2020 for most of us has been a really bad year as we describe it, as we see all the heartache, as we see people's lives being uprooted, jobs being lost, family being separated. We just talk about how bad 2020 has been. But for me, it hasn't been all bad. There's a silver lining. And yes, 2020 for me was that feeling when you eat something that you instantly know is coming right back up. That is the feeling that I've had sitting in the pit of my stomach for almost this entire year. Living between roller coasters, ebbs and flows, waves of anxiety, depression, excitement, disappointment. And I realize through this, what has changed so much for me this year is that I was forced to challenge myself. And I chose to challenge myself. So I was watching this episode the other night. They came on the Amazon Prime. And it was a show that I used to watch back when I was a kid. It's from the early 90s. It's called Are You Afraid of the Dark? And this is episode number one. And it's about this clown named Zebo. And there's this fun house. And you make your way through this scary, haunted fun house. And at the end, you end up in this room with all these doors numbered one through six. And you have to choose. And this ghostly voice comes over the TV in the episode. And it says... Choose the right door, and you'll go free. Choose the wrong door, and there I'll be. And it was this ghost, because Zebo was this clown that was haunting this house. And if you chose the door that was wrong, there Zebo would be. And he'd scare the hell out of you. But if you chose the right door, you got to exit the fun house. This, to me, struck me, and I've pondered over this for months. This is me. But there's a difference. I'm not choosing a door to go free. And I'm refusing to choose the door where my ego will be. Instead, I have chosen 
to spend the majority of my life sitting in that room with all the doors only now that room is a little bit more comfortable instead of being an empty octagon shaped room with black floors and dark walls it is now brightened up with chandeliers and fancy armoires and couches and lounge chairs climate control AC and heat I have mentally allowed myself to stay in comfort because of my fear to see what is behind each of those doors. Each one of those doors is an issue that I am refusing to look at. My egotistical side, my perfectionism side, my ridicule, the need to be liked, the judgment side, the supportive side that always puts everybody first before themselves. And I will not walk out of that funhouse, even though I know what door it is. I have chosen to self-sabotage and just make myself comfortable in that room and not move at all. And that is where I have mentally spent my life up until 2020. This takes me back to college a little bit. So I'd always do this thing in college where I would procrastinate. And actually, I was more in high school, freshman year of college, I got kicked in the face that that, that approach doesn't work. And I should have learned that lesson then and applied it to my life, but I didn't. So procrastination is what I would do. My papers would pile up, and I'll get to them, I'll get to them, I'll get to them. I'll see them there. Maybe I'll put them away so I don't have to look at them every time I walk in the room. But I'm always moving them and never really making progress. I'm just kind of shuffling them around. And with that comes comfort for me because I don't have to take any action. I could sit there and play my video games in my college room with friends and just ignore the things that I knew I was eventually going to have to deal with. And then sure enough, two days before the test, I would go to the library and cram, 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 cram it all in and try to regurgitate it for that test. Sometimes I do very well. Sometimes I would not do so well. But I never retained 
the information that I was supposed to learn. Because I was just trying to pass the test. And I'd procrastinate and procrastinate and then just put in that bare minimum. And see how it went. Because I didn't really want to deal with what getting good grades. A 3.8, 4.0, like high-end GPA. I knew what that meant in my mind. I see that now. And I was choosing constantly not to accept that the amount of work I would have to put in to get those grades. So I just write it off. Because if I went and crammed and I didn't do well on the test, then I could just say, oh, well, you know, I tried to cram at the last moment, so, you know, I'm not surprised. But if I did well, ooh, man, that shot my ego through the roof. I only studied for two days and I got 98. But like my life today, am I was I actually learning? And I wasn't. I was choosing to stay in that climate comfort control of the room. And just let my external existence pass around me. Finding comfort. Because I didn't want to look at what was behind those doors. And this, can, this same exact model continued. I went right into a career that put me on ebbs and flows again. Would praise me for certain things. And it would make me feel like total shit for others. And what it did is it kept me in this mindset of just trying to stay comfortable. Because my external environment, I would say, oh, well, my external environment is really bugging me. My external environment is really bugging me. So I would crawl into my mental space in my mind, which was this room from Are You Afraid of the Dark with all my doors. And I would just sit in my climate-controlled room, sip a bottle of champagne, and just enjoy my comfort. And then 2020 hit, and I could no longer procrastinate because my comfortable coping skills were no longer working. It was testing day. I was forced to take action. And I guess I say I chose to take action because the, I was forced into a deadline I didn't have to go take that test. So I chose to take action, but I would wait, 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 and then choose. And then I either had an easy out, or I had something to praise. And what I have started to realize with the silver lining for me of 2020 is that Instead of just opening one of those doors a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here and just trying to crack and peek, which is what I'd been doing for the last year with my counseling in 2019. All of 2019, I went through counseling and I realized I was just peeking those doors open. And then 2020 came 
and I feel like all those doors just got ripped off the fucking hinges. And I was forced to look. Or was I? That's where I go back to that question. I could have sat in that room and kept my eyes closed and not opened them. I could have just crawled up in fetal position and said, I don't want to. But I chose to open my eyes. I knew the doors were ripped off. I knew I was going to see things I didn't like. Then I started to peek open one eye. And I saw what was in that first room with no door. And it was this little kid that I just needed to hug. And behind door number two was this overinflated egotistical ass with a big head who couldn't even leave the room if he wanted to because his head wouldn't fit through. <laughs> and then there was the other version of me that constantly fills himself in a positive environment because that's where life is supposed to be. And I just started seeing all these elements about myself. I sat down and I stripped away all the comforts of that room. And I closed my eyes and I started to meditate. And I started to invite elements of that room to come out of that room and come sit with me. Just because I was exposing myself to elements of me that I refused to see for so long because they were scary, because they were uncomfortable, but refusing and knowing that I'm choosing to refuse to look also means that I am choosing to be stagnant in my growth. There's a whole world happening outside of that fun house. But I'm just stuck in my climate-controlled room, feeling comfortable. Not realizing that I will never get to leave and go see the rest of the world for what it is. I'll just sit in my comfort, choosing not to look. But when those doors ripped off and I started to invite myself to see elements that I did not like, it felt good. I was always told as a kid from my dad of what strength looked like. Big barrel chest, you know, big loud truck, lots of guns. Reacting to every situation with full testosterone. I couldn't even as a child and even today as an adult say something different than my dad's opinion without him being personally offended. 
even something as simple as Christmas. My dad was going to a family gathering that I was not a fan of and I did not approve of. And he invited me to come and I told him, no, that was outside of my comfort zone, but you have a good time. No disagreements. I didn't tell him his way was wrong. I said it's outside of my comfort zone. But he didn't take it that way. Oh, you're overreacting. And, you're, and it was this defense mechanism because I see this as he felt like he was wrong. And my dad has everything where everything is personal. Everything's personal. And I was the same way, sitting in my room, trying to be comfortable, not wanting somebody to tell me that their opinion was different. And so I found strength in not choosing to look. I found strength in ignoring those little voices in the back of my head that was telling me this. You know you're going to have to do this. But I was strong. Because, you know, my dad never cried. So I should never cry. My dad never feels. So I should never feel. But you know what? This is the strongest I have ever felt. And I have cried more this year than I probably have in my entire life. But you know what? Sometimes you just need permission to do so. And it feels really damn good. As I sit in my comfort climate-controlled room and I rip all those doors open, and I bust open the walls and it is no longer comfortable in there. I choose to sit. I choose to see my problems for what they are. The words, I messed up, used to never come out of my mouth. That would be too hard on my ego. But my vulnerability has become my strength. I've realized that when I sit with those problems, they start to talk. They want to be heard. They want to be hugged. They want to be understood. Because all those little issues are elements of my life that make me, me. And keeping those doors shut is not going to allow them to change and trying to deal with all of them at once is just way too damn overwhelming but it doesn't mean that I can't keep those doors open know they're there wave to them every once in a while tackle them in small bits small doses I procrastinate, as I said earlier, 
and I realize this year how much I procrastinate in choosing to grow, staying comfortable. We always have books that are written. They're out there everywhere in the library. You can read them. And for the last 36 years, I've been sitting in the library reading all these books about how to be masculine, how to be successful, how to make society like you, how to succeed, how many friends I'm supposed to have, what type of car I'm supposed to drive. And I never realized that sitting right next to me is a blank paper-bound book. Good, thick, old-fashioned, hard, dictionary-style book full of blank pages. And when I close it, I look at the cover. And it says, my life. And I realize that I haven't written down anything. Because I've been too busy reading how I should do it. Instead of writing how I will do it. Now I have done it. Because this book is my life. And I always have been told how to be. Especially being a twin. And I love my brother. But being a twin really took individuality away from me. And I see that today. So 2020 has been a shit show. Absolutely. And what is happening with the rest of the world is terrible. And I don't want to pull anything away from that. But I personally have some silver lining from this year. I hope mentally for me Every year is 2020. I hope I challenge myself to grow as much as I did this year. I don't want the air conditioning. I want to sit in my sweat. Because it's me. Every part of it. I want to know me. I want to choose to grow. Because it feels so good. To know that when you walk away. At the end of the day you have a good feeling. And it's not because the day was super positive. Or because the day brought joy with gifts. You feel positive because... You chose 
to deal with what is thrown at you instead of sticking it in a room and shutting the door. That has been my release. I've learned from my family, from my friends, how to put everybody else first. But I've also learned how to self-sabotage. How to convince myself that not investing in me is the right decision. But I ain't turning back. I can't. It's just like, you know, once you, that feeling that we talked about at the start of this podcast that sits in your stomach. That feeling was not 2020. I realized that feeling has been in my mind for a long time. And that feeling is really starting to subside. And it's because I'm choosing to sit with my problems. I'm choosing to be vulnerable enough to say that I messed up. My wife and I have these amazing chats in the morning before I go to work. And we pick them up when I get home. It's like our life is just one long conversation. And we have gone so close. We have gotten so close because I have told her so much about me. Openly. That now she knows who I am. Fully. Not just the version I choose to show her. Being able to sit down when she's upset and know that I don't have to fix it at that moment because she wants to be left alone. So I respect her. It's not about me. So that later we can come back to that and I can sit down, vulnerable, ready to listen, and say, hey, tell me what's wrong. And she starts off, well, when you, and instead of getting defensive, instead of closing off my mind, listening, absorbing, don't just cram for that test 48 hours so that you can say the right answer to your spouse, to your relationship. You will not learn a damn thing. So I listen, and I grow. And guess what? Our relationship gets better from it. I feel better about myself from it. And I also realize why I do a lot of the things when we start to talk about it. I learn that I do things because I'm feeling a certain way, and then I act on that, and then I try to put that action on my wife. When really it was me. I mean, you can go back and listen to projection, reflection, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, I've done it, you know, for my wife's birthday, trying to make it about me and my job. And I've really learned that, man, I 
freaking love who I am when I start to see all those pieces. Because they're not scary. They're not uncomfortable. They're just me. What makes them uncomfortable is the fear of not wanting to know that I might look different than how I have it in my mind. That there might be something that can be improved. But my perfectionism needs to sit there quiet for a little while so that I can listen. So the relationship tactics that I use in my relationship with my wife, I have now started to adapt into the relationship with myself. If I'm not willing to see things for what they are, then I will never be able to fix them or grow from them. Understanding why somebody sends me an email to clarify something, and the first thing I think of is, what the hell did I do wrong? Not even thinking for a second that the person who wrote me that email is OCD to all hell, and that they're doing it for their affirmation to calm their anxiety. They don't even care if I respond to the email. But the only way I could see it before was it was a personal attack on me. Or I messed up. Or, oh my god, my perfectionism is coming in. What did I do? Understanding that not every moment in life has to be done perfectly. Understanding that crying is okay. Understanding that keeping the doors off the freaking hinges is a good thing. And yeah, sometimes my problems get up and they go back to the room and they hang out in there and we don't talk for a while. But I didn't shut the door. And I'm keeping my eyes open when that time comes to deal with that. But making sure that that room is open for me. And I see these trends my procrastination, my need to be liked, my perfectionism, my anxiety, my ebbs and flows with my depression, having everything that I could possibly want and still not feeling good enough and understanding that no car or no new pair of shoes is going to make that feeling go away. But I can grab that feeling and put it next to me and say, sit here for a while. Maybe put my arm around it. Let's have a chat. Don't want to say anything? It's okay. We'll just spend time together in silence. But I'm here to support you. And I have heard some terrible stories from this year. Being a podcaster, I've gotten a lot of calls this year from people who have not wanted to be on the show, and I completely understand that, but have wanted to take the time to share a phone call with me. And man, there has been, I talked to one person the other day who 
lost everything in the fire. Both of them, husband and wife, got COVID. One of their kids passed away this year, and they just got their bank account hacked into. So I'm not saying that my growth has any impact or change on what's happening in somebody else's life. But I can model what I feel is good for me. And if other people align with it, great. I hope I can show you a different way. Because there's, there's no right way to do it, I've learned. That little gut feeling, that tells you if it's right or not. For me, every time I start to do something that's like, oh, you know this is not, not what you should be doing. And then trying to convince myself into it. You know, like when I'm going 10 miles over the speed limit on the freeway and I'm like, Dean, you know you shouldn't be speeding. I'm like, no, it's okay. Everybody's going 10 miles over the speed. Like, shut the hell up. Stop trying to talk yourself into it. Like, you're the one who has to pay the ticket at the end of the day, not all those other cars. And if you're driving up that whole freeway with this feeling inside that you shouldn't be going that fast, then slow the hell down. Let the other cars pass. Who cares? I have chosen this year to stop letting that car on the freeway that rides your butt and rides your butt and rides your butt and flicks its high beams at you to move over. You know what? I'm in the slow lane. There's a fast lane. If you want to hit life a little better, that you think that's the way to do it, you go. But I ain't changing my foot on this pedal. I got my cruise control on 72. I'm spending them some time with a good feeling. And learning this year that the environment that I set in my mind is the environment that I can take anywhere. I used to feel like this person who was sitting in a boat, a little wooden boat. Like, if you've ever seen Bridget Jones's diary, they go out on this little pond and, like, just this tiny little paddle row boat. That's how I felt in the Bering Sea, just getting pounded by waves and trying to go up each 30-foot swell before it just dumped me back down a hill tossed me around and I would cling on to that boat because I had to stay afloat and this year I decided to jump out of that boat and guess what when I go under the water it is so peaceful it's quiet the waves have not stopped they're still happening above the surface that external environment is still a madhouse. But I have found a way through my own growth, vulnerability, acceptance, that I can jump out of that rowboat and dive under the surface into my own mental space. And I have an environment there. That allows me to look at all my problems. Everything that feels uncomfortable. It allows me to think. So that when I pop up for that breath of air. 
I feel calm, I feel collected, I feel composed. Even though I'm being thrashed around, I can stay focused enough to see which way land is. But I was so focused on saving that rowboat that I couldn't look up for a second to start to gaze out and see that land was not that far away. But I needed that time to dive under the surface and think. And in order for me to think, I had to rip all those doors off. Because what I was getting was an altered version. A false version. A painted, pretty picture version. My climate-controlled comfort. Sipping on Cabassier. And that's where I wanted to stay. But now, I dove under, I found my clarity, I came back up, and I said, screw that rowboat, and I freaking swam to land. Just because I got training that I had to stay in the boat doesn't mean that I have to stay in the boat. That's just what I was told from that book in the library. So I know 2020 has been rough. And yesterday my phone blew up crazy. Happy New Year. Let, bring on 2020. Everything. Bring on 2021. Everything's going to be great. 2020 is over. Yay, let's make next year better. Yeah, let's make next year better. By addressing the problems from this year. I've learned that skipping a stone over the top of the surface and just bouncing from one period of time to another is just that. It's just passing time, skipping stones. I want to plunge. I want to throw rocks. I want to sink into my own self and ignore what the rest of the world is trying to tell me to be. I want to do what I feel is right. And what I have noticed is the positive results, the positive impact. My stress is better. It's drastically reduced. I put weight back on. I meditate, do yoga. But I do one thing totally different. I wake up and I choose to look in the mirror and see myself for what I am. It reminds me of this gentleman that I worked with for a long time that I took care of. He was 95 and he did not have a mirror in his room. And I asked him why. And he said, because, Dean, I don't want to see this old man in the mirror. I don't want to know how old I am. I'm disgusted with myself. And every day I saw this guy fight aging. And after he passed, it was, he just, he didn't seem like he was 
And then a few years later, I met this lady, and every day, she's got mirrors all over her house. And I asked her, I said, does that bug you? You know, seeing your reflection? She goes, hell no. She goes, it is what it is. She's like, not putting a mirror up isn't going to change my face. She's like, if I see it, then I can address it. The mirror shouldn't give me the feeling inside. The feeling inside should allow me to see what I want to see in the mirror based on how I feel. Yeah, I'm old. I see that. Yeah, my skin's wrinkly. I see that. But I also see something else. Every time I look, my eyes still look. I still see. And I see the young, vivacious person that is inside me. And that's what I bring every day. By accepting that I'm old, I'm able to stay young. Because I address it. I don't push it away. I don't deny it. Aging is happening. Whether I want it to or not, death is the alternative. So if I want to enjoy life, I have to accept the fact that I'm going to get old. And I was like, oh my gosh. However, I didn't do anything with it. But I remember it now. And I've applied it to my life now. And she's right. I might not want to see what's happening in the mirror. But not putting a mirror on my wall and not looking isn't going to change the fact that it's happening. So 2021, let's go. Let's do it. Procrastination out the window. I am going to continue to challenge myself to grow. 35 years of stagnation. One year of growth. At 36 years old, I feel that I have grown more in this last year than I have in my entire life. And it was by choice. The procrastination was ripped away. I was forced to deal with something, and I chose to not curl up in fetal position and run back to my climate-controlled room. I chose to open my eyes and look at the rooms that did not have doors on them anymore. And I welcome it. I encourage it. And I see how much my stress has reduced because seeing it reduces the stress for me. Because now I'm the old man in the mirror. I can see it for what it is instead of trying to ignore the problem, push it away. And I'm sorry for everybody out there who has had just a horrible year. But I hope there's a silver lining for you too. Mine has been the investment in myself. And that the everything that I thought that was so scary, terrified of that blank page in the library, I found my pen and I started to write. 
and I don't know where this book's going to go, and I don't know what chapter I'm on, but I'm enjoying writing the story. And not having that whole book planned out is part of reducing my anxiety, reducing my depression. Knowing that I'm going to make edits and I'm going to need whiteout along the way. It's not going to be a perfect paper. It's going to be a draft that's constantly changing. But it's really cool to start to see the pages fill in your own book of life. Thank you all for your time. Thank you for your ears. I wish you all a growing year of 2021.